Go to Acts chapter 2. Go to Acts chapter 2. Father, I pray right now that as I preach your word, that I would not pervert it, that I would not mishandle it, that there would be no error or lie that comes from me. I pray for your truth to come through me. I pray you wring me out like a rag and throw me to the side. I pray that all of us grow in Christ, and I pray for your Holy Spirit to come and lead us now in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. So before we get to reading, I wrote this out, and, and I want to do this with every teaching, but just repeat after me. Say, Father, Father give, me give me the awareness, the awareness of your spirit. spirit. Now, just mean that right now. Equip me with faith to endure. Grant me the peace of Christ. Enrich me with wisdom from above. For your glory and your renown. In Jesus' name, amen. So how do we know when a miracle is from God? Spiritual warfare, this is what this is all about, right? It's understanding that there is a real devil and there's a real God. There's a real flesh and there's a real spirit. It's understanding how to navigate the troubled waters of life Knowing there's warfare all around you, but living victoriously in Christ. God wants us victorious. He don't want us walking around cowardly. He doesn't want us bound by doubt. He doesn't want us driven by fear. He said, I did not give you a spirit of fear. That's a spiritual warfare. That means there is a spirit of fear. But he has not given you. A spirit of fear. Now, right now, some of us are saying, but brother, I'm depressed. Brother, I got anxiety. Brother, I got things going on. I got temptation all around me. I didn't say that there wasn't a spirit of fear in the world. I didn't say that you weren't going to come up and brush up against the spirit of fear. I'm saying if you belong to God, he has not given you a spirit of fear. Amen. It doesn't mean you're not going to, you're going to be absent of trouble. It doesn't mean that the life is going to get easier. Are you kidding me? Life is hard. It's harder without God. I'll say it's impossible without God. So God is saying to us, I've given you a spirit of power. And that's not because I say it with emphasis. His power is so powerful that his whisper changes lives. His power is so powerful that even just the, the tiniest move can transform you. But he's given you a spirit of power, a spirit of love, the kind of love that doesn't compromise, the kind of love that doesn't compromise for the sake of consoling someone, the kind of love that stands firm when someone who is walking blind doesn't know how to lead themselves. The kind of love that will not follow the blind person, but will stand and keep calling to the blind person. The kind of love that endures, that lifts up, that surrenders itself, that lays itself down. We're talking about love. We're not talking about feelings. The kind of love that keeps no record of wrong. On an ongoing basis, while being wronged. Oh, You wrong the Lord, he loves you. <laughs> keeping no record of your wrong. You are his chosen. You belong to him. He called you home and he's redeeming you. He said power, love, and what? A what? A sound mind, a solid mind, a sober mind, a clear mind. 
So if your mind is operating in confusion, I got some, I got some good news for you. If your mind is operating in confusion, it's not the mind God has for you, but it is a real mind. It's the mind of the realm of the flesh. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says at the very end, we have the mind of Christ. That means I can recognize the mind of the flesh now. Because if you don't have the mind of Christ, you can't recognize the mind of the flesh. So if you're operating in confusion, which is a spirit of confusion, then it's the mind of Satan, not the mind of God. Because God gives you a sound mind. That sound mind is built on truth. That sound mind is built on trust. That sound mind is built on the spirit of God. Do you want that? A spirit of power, love, and a sound mind? Not a spirit of fear? Do you want that, church? Because he's given it to you. Never to be revoked. It's a deposit guarantee. It's a deposit guarantee. A deposit and guaranteed. Yes. You can bank on it. That that deposit has everything you need for life and godliness. That deposit has everything you need for clarity. When, when there's loud noises everywhere in the world, you pull up to a stoplight, this person's bumping Dr. Dre, this person listening to heavy metal Metallica, I don't know. And they're both going at the same time, roll, 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 dropping N-bombs and F-bombs, right? And you're in the middle of this while you're upset at the person in front of you for cutting you off, while you're upset at the person back of you for tailgating you, while you're upset at the things are breaking down in a temporary car. That's meant to break down. You're upset about all the noise. God says, I'll give you a sound mind in the middle of it. Jesus says, I, I'm not praying that you'll take them out of the world, but that you'll keep them from the evil one. Amen. Do you see the miracle in all of this? Do you see what God has done for you that he's created a way for us? And I, and I, I looked at this and I said, okay, God, I know you want me to talk about miracles. You've done a miracle at Pathway. You're doing miracles in the lives of people. You're about to take us into a different season of our lives over the next three, four, five years or however long. And we're going to see you do all these things. But what are you doing it for? Because I know it ain't meant for us to tote. You know, we're not miracle toters, right? We don't tote miracles on our ways to say, look at what God's done for me. <laughs> and rub it in people's face. Check this out. Bless you, bless you, bless you. But we're not flashing our miracles and boasting in our good works. So why the miracle? In Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1, watch this. I'm going to show you guys something. Lord willing, he'll reveal it. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Verse 3. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared. What looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Now, real quick, I've been in a, a church since I was 17, solidly, in 17. I'm 41 now, so do the math. But I've been in church for a little while, over 20 years. And I've seen this right here uh, in churches that say, um, you know, I want the fire of God. You don't know what you're asking for, number one, when you ask for the fire of God. What's your name in, with the hat right there? Seth. You don't, people don't know what they're asking for when they ask for the fire of God. They think the fire of God is me being passionate. 
They think the fire of God is a, a feeling of conviction. That is not the fire of God. You don't know what you don't want the fire of God. Do you know that he says in the end that he won't flood the world because now it's stored up for fire? Yeah, you don't want the fire. This thing that they're, they're thinking, they're seeing here, they're like, oh, I want that. That's kind of the problem because you don't know what you're asking for. This anointing that fell on the apostles led them to their martyrism. Now do you want the fire of God? Look, I'm not saying anything about myself. I'm just the messenger. I'm just saying we don't know what we're asking for. God, I want the fire. Do you want to be beheaded? Now, see, the thing about it is everybody, including them, should say, no, I don't want to be beheaded. But when I look at it and I say, if that's the only way this works, then so be it. That's the difference. But the fire of God is going to call you to a place that you don't want to go. Brothers and sisters, this is, this is and I, I, don't, I use this term real loosely because a lot of people are saying gummy bear Christians. It's kind of like a derogatory statement towards people. I don't really like that statement towards people. But there is a soft message out there. It's not a firm one that you could stand on that will keep you in the time of trial. It's a soft message that you can run from and hope somehow you'll survive so you can go back to church one day. God wants us to have a gospel that will last, that has stood the test of time. So the fire that we're asking for should not be this kind of like appearance of fire so we could say we had it happen. It's so bad. Yeah, man, I was in a moment and the tongues of fire came on me. Really? No, that's, it's not displayed that way. But we want the fire. You see how people want that miracle, but they don't want why it comes? Let's keep reading. Are you being convicted yet, anybody? <laughs> Watch this. Verse 4, And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. I find it funny that people argue over if tongues is another language or if it's a spiritual language. I find it funny that we would be distracted by that part of it instead of why is it even happening in the first place? Verse 5, at that time there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own language being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Now, skip down to verse 12, because it ver basically between there just tells what languages. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? What can this mean? They asked each other, but others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying they're just drunk. That's all. Now, really quick, they said what? does this mean? I want you to see how they asked that question after verse 11. So verse 12, they stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? But look at what he says in verse 11. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. That's what it means. <laughs> it means God's doing wonderful things. But the reason why they were saying, what does this mean? Is because they still were worried about themselves. 
They wanted to know, how does this benefit me? Do you see that? What what could this mean? Is he about to bless us? No, he is the blessing. Listen to the Lord. Just hearing his voice is a blessing. Be in awe of God. But it says the wonderful things. Well, what are the wonderful things of God? You know, there is no wonderful thing outside of Jesus Christ. That by him, for him, through him, everything was made. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? No, wait, that everything was made or that by him? See, because it's him we love. It's him we adore. It's him we search after. It's him we seek after. May God never let us take our eyes off of Christ. Because without him, they're just things. Without him, they're just things. It's like being in love with a person and traveling, but they're never there. It's like me and Michelle being married, and for 20 years, we take a vacation every single year separately. And it's like, yeah, I'm having a great time with my wife, and she's not even there. Europe is just Europe, guys. Without my wife there, this is, this is a shadow of what he's talking about. Christ and the church. There is no life without God there. The miracle is no miracle without God there. It's just a miracle. People will say, I cast out demons. Yes, sure. But does he know you? Because it's just casting out demons if he's not there. And the crazy part about it is it's him that cast the demon out. He just did it using you without you. Go to verse 22 real quick because it's just so good. People of Israel, listen. This is the, the, the explanation now. They saw the miracle. They saw the, the, the fire happen, the loud noise. They're preaching, they're preaching and sharing in, their, in other languages the good things God has done. And now he's about to speak in, we'll say Hebrew, <laughs> right? What was he speaking in then? Do you know what language they were talking? Was it Hebrew? Aramaic. Aramaic. So we'll just say he's speaking in Aramaic. We got the translation in English, but there were a lot of tongues happening at that time. And I believe it was uh, Peter, right? He comes forward and he starts speaking in their language and listen to what he says. Listen, people of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed who? Hold up a second. Hold up a second. So you mean to tell me God has this big bang? This loud noise, right? Boom! Everybody's speaking in tongues, whatever it is. Tu eres la mejor persona. I don't know, right? But that's what it is. And everybody's speaking in tongues. And then all of a sudden, there's this moment where Peter begins to endorse Jesus. And he says, God publicly endorsed past tense while doing it present. See, because while I'm proclaiming what he did, I'm still proclaiming who he is. And he says, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles. How was Jesus endorsed? By what? By miracles. Jesus did miracles. But did he do the miracles for miracles sake? Now watch this. By powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him. And that has never stopped. So I don't care what vessel has been used. 
The three times God used me to pray over cancer and, and the people recovered, it was because through him they recovered. As you well know, verse 23, but God knew what would happen. And his prearranged, mm, 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 mm. see, I like prearranged. I like prearranged. You know why? Because if you come to my, I got to stop. You know why? I got to get rid of that tone. I don't know why I do it, but it happens. It's okay. I get excited. Okay. Let me, let me tone it down for a second. Let me talk way down here. You know why? Okay. <laughs> Because when you come to my house and you come to fellowship with me and Michelle, and I tell you, and many of you know, because it's one of my favorite things, I'm going to cook some ribeye for you. I'm going to make some ribeye. We'll have some kale salad and a hot link. That's, that's how I like it. And once you come, let me make some ribeye for you. Before you come to my house, I go down to Costco and I pick up some ribeye with some good marble in it. And before I go pick up that ribeye, that's a living cow on a farm that someone decides to slice up. And before that cow is on that farm, that cow is in another cow's belly. And before it's in that belly, it was in the mouth of God that said, I'm going to make that cow by my word. So by the time you come and sit at my table, it was prearranged. Somebody say amen. Because sometimes we just get to the table and go, man, how'd you do this? <laughs> Glory to God. So when I start making it with all the seasoning and I start doing what I do, and I'll give you the ingredients, it's pretty easy. Lowry's, garlic salt, garlic powder, onion powder. What's the other salt? No, 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 the Himalayan salt. That's just Himalayan salt. Both sides, caked. That's the secret. But it's prearranged. So when you hear Paul or Peter or, or, or Stephen or anybody prophesying after doing miraculous things, they always talk about this prearranged plan. They say, God knew that would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was what? Betrayed. So you mean to tell me that betrayal brought about your salvation? Then why do you get mad when people betray you? With the help of the lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to the cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life. For death could not keep him in its grip. Death could not keep him in its grip. Now, miracles are powerless without this gospel. When's the last time you prayed for someone to be healed so Christ could be preached? If you mean that sincerely, God's going to heal that person for Christ to be preached. If you really want God to be seen, then there's nothing that can, there's nothing that can stop it. Because if it's truly for the glory of God, God moves heaven and earth. And here's the other amazing thing about this whole thing of miracles is that when you're really doing it for the glory of God, he'll tell you who has the faith to receive it or not. He'll lead you to the people who are called. He'll tell you the people who don't have faith that he wants to be glory through. He'll lead you to pray. You don't just start going around with a wet cloth full of oil going, in the name of Jesus, start slapping everybody. It's not a power that we can wield. Miracles don't come from men. 
Now, I'm going to say something else, and this is going to be hard for some of us to understand. All miracles come from God. Even in the end, when the evil one is given the power to do great signs and wonders, those signs and wonders came from God. And the evil one himself came from God. Because everything was created by God. And the problem we have with it is, why is there evil in the world? Why are you asking the question, turn and repent and live for God? You're going to let that question stop you from knowing the maker? You can't change it. Stop asking questions that you can't change. Go to the one who's changing everything. Amen? So the reason why I came over and I said, hey, about the fire, Seth, when I talk about the fire, is because there's what the principle of that is sometimes we have a wrong view of what's true. That's been your struggle. That's been your life story. Some people would say there's subjective truth. There is not. It's just a lie. There's only truth, and it's found in Christ. Everything else, every question, anything else is a lie, cannot be trusted, never leads anywhere. And there is no person alive, not an atheist, not an evolutionist, no other religion, nobody alive that can absolutely tell you un like unequivocally that they have the way. They can't do it. They have no proof of it. They really have no proof. And they're really left searching for that piece of proof so they can prove God wrong and they will never find it. Because truth has to be based on something. So if I ask an atheist, what is your basis? You say there is no God. What's the standard that says that's truth? They can't ask, answer that question because if they make a standard, that's God. And they say there's no God. Let me slow it down for someone who's like, wait a minute, hold on. Let me slow it down again. If an atheist who says there is no God is asked by what standard do you base that on if they say an answer they have made that god because there must be a standard to base every bit of truth on and that standard is christ christ is the standard that's why i can stand so confidently and i know christ is the truth so I'm coming to you and I'm saying every question you had, everything you've ever fought against, all of it, it's all been this concept of what is truth. It's like Pontius Pilate sitting right in front of me. What is truth? That's been the question. You are sitting in a building with people that are answering that question. And inside of your heart is a dilemma. Because of the ego of the flesh, we don't want to submit to the humility of Christ. That's all it is. And you could walk in here and you could leave this building and you could say, that man was crazy. I'm not going back there. And God was still glorified. Amen. Or you could say, I'm done wrestling with the truth. I'm done wrestling with God. I'm tired of trying to go here and there and hop here and hop there to find what is right in front of me. And you don't have to do it here. You can go home, get to the side of your bed and cry out to God. And tell him to change your life. And tell him to enter your life. You don't need a man or a public declaration in order for it to be true. You and God. God brought you here today as a demonstration of what I'm saying is true. It is the truth, Seth. Today is the day that God drew the line in the sand. And he said, it's time to stop wrestling. And it's time to come home. Amen. 
I'm sitting, this brother in the front right here is terrified. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But sometimes the silent ones are the ones God's talking to the most. It's okay, brother. We all come up short. We all fall short of God's glory. We all fall short of God's glory, including me. If, it, if, if I didn't, I'd be God. And I don't want to do that because I do fall short of God's glory. But the, the, the place of condemnation that happens when we're falling short is a lie. It's a lie. It, it, you be so strong in the faith, so strong in the truth. Feel like, you know, three, four days go by and it's like, man, I'm, I'm finally past it. And then boom. And like the whole floor came out from under you. And now all of a sudden what you were so confident in is thrown out the window. Here's the truth. Because the confidence was not in Christ. The confidence was in four days. I really pray that you receive this and I hope you don't get offended by me towering over you, but I'm trying to shrink real down right now. Like I'm saying, brother, I hope that you hear what I'm saying. The confidence is not in how, how many days have passed. The confidence is in what I'm talking about right now. Christ. So the moment you say, I've overcome in Christ, which is an eternal work, and you stay there, you'll know how to resist the enemy every day, and you will no longer count the days because a day is like a thousand years. See, it's eternal. Amen? So be free, brother. Be free. God is good. All right. So what I found, go right real quick to verse 36. Sorry, what that was right there for you guys, that was like God, you know, stopping me at a house real quick and just, and now we're going to come back to the message. Verse 36, chapter 2, verse 36. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God, let everyone in Israel know for certain. Do you know for certain? You know, Paul says in another letter that the true Israel are those born of spirit. So let everyone born of spirit be certain. Know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Go to Acts 3 real quick. This is the next chapter. And I want you to go to verse 16. Now, this is what's happening in Acts 3. There's a gate called Beautiful. There's a crippled man outside. Peter and John are going and they're doing their thing. And this, this homeless man, crippled man, however you want to call it, says, give me some food. And Peter and John look at him intently. Now, I want to tell every one of you who talk about my squinting, Okay. Every time we're in fellowship now, people are like, he squints and he's discerning. And, the, and I promise you, me and Phil are going to make a video. I'm going to take all the people that have been here for a while. I'm going to impersonate every single one of you. And then we're going to let you impersonate me. And I'm pretty sure you're going to put the squinting in there somewhere. So we're going to do it. But you made fun of it. But, but they did. When you look intently, when you're in the spirit, you can't help it. You can't. You can't. It's not. It's, you know, it, you got to get serious. But it's not meant to intimidate. It's not meant to scare. It's not meant to know that. It's just, it's just the work of God. Paul, Peter and John, they looked, and he asked for food. And it, could you imagine that? Could you imagine being with some other disciples who ain't really operating in the spirit yet? And they go, man, why are you being so serious, man? Give them a burger. <laughs> Stop looking at them like that. You're going to freak them out. I'm sorry, sir. Forgive them. They're very spiritual people. I'm serious. Like, no. 
We're dealing with something spiritual because it's spiritual warfare because this man is asking for food just like the woman was asking for water. And Jesus said, if you knew who you were asking, you would ask and he would give you water will you never thirst again. Taking a natural moment of hydration and, and turning it into a spiritual. No, it was spiritual the whole time. And that moment was set for a divine time. And Peter and John felt the Spirit of God. They knew it. They looked at the man and said, silver and gold I have not. Food I have not. What you're asking for, I don't have. But I'm going to give you what I do have. Why? Because there was a moment for miracles. There was a moment where God has set in time for there to be a miracle. And he said, get up and walk. And what did that man do? got up and walked. Now here's where it gets good because they start going into the gates. They go where everybody's at and everybody knew that man because he was out there asking everybody and now they're seeing him leaping. They're like, hold up a second. Peter and John, they literally say to the people, hey, why are you looking at us like we healed this man by our own power and godliness? He said, he said, that power's not ours and that godliness is not ours. We're not righteous. But he's like, why are you looking at me like I did it? And then in verse 16, chapter 3, verse 16, watch this. Actually, go to verse 12. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power and godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant, Jesus. Whoa! Whoa! It is God who brought glory to his servant, Jesus, by doing what? Mmm. 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 Isn't the air conditioning nice in here? God... Is glorifying Jesus by the air conditioning, guys. Because this isn't just no building. This is God's house. The lies aren't being preached from here. The truth is being preached from here. So the AC, it makes the AC different when it comes from God. You're literally like, you can shut this AC off and we'll keep going. I don't care. We got plenty of towels in the back. We just keep wiping the sweat. He said, he said, God's bringing glory to Jesus who did this. You know what man does in the spiritual warfare about miracles? They go, I prayed and they were healed. You want to know the other side of it? I'm praying so they can be healed. Both hearts are perverted. Both hearts want the wrong thing. You're not wanting the healing to come so Jesus can be seen. And can we all admit that that's all of us without God really doing a work in our life? Like, be comforted, those of you who are coming out of that, because we're not saying we're better than you. Man, I feel the spirit of God so strong right now. Ooh, Father, open our eyes and ears. Watch this. This is the same Jesus who you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. Verse 14, you rejected this holy, righteous one. And instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of that fact. Just say miracles. 
when we finally get there and we set foot on that property that God promised us, and I, I'm, I'm speaking for myself, and I walk, I walk in, and it's done. And I know because the lives that are going to be changed and the work of ministry, it's going to happen. I am falling on my face, and I will not get up until God releases me. I will worship the Lord because I want Jesus to be seen there. I want people to know that that miracle came from God for the glory of Christ. I pray God never take this passion from me. I, I pray he never just, like the day he take it from me, take me home. The day I'm done saying, Christ, <laughs> take me home. Right? You should have this same heart in your house. Your house should belong to God because it does belong to God. Your, your body, I offer it as a living sacrifice. Some of us are like, that's so hard, brother. For who? For who? Junior, is it hard for God? Or is it hard for you? So wait, but if it's not hard for God, but it's hard for you. It's not hard for God. But it's hard for you. So is it being hard for you greater than it not being hard for God? Or is it not being hard for God greater than it being hard for you? You see, this is so simple. Why don't you just admit that you love your sin and repent and ask God to help you stop doing it? You're going to go to places in Christ by being honest with yourself, not by being dishonest with yourself. This miracle working power of God why would God heal the man at the gate called beautiful? And why would God give tongues? And why is God giving a building? And why has God done every other miracle that he's ever done? So we can say, there's an opportunity here. Peter saw an opportunity. There's an opportunity here. Everyone's listening. Everyone's watching. God has given us a platform. No, we did not create this platform by YouTube ads, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, and every other ad. No, we didn't add something to the gospel that's enticing for people to somehow be tricked into salvation. We preach the gospel plainly. We preach Christ plainly. And by the power of the Holy Spirit and the simplicity of the gospel, hearts are turned over. That's what we're all looking for. So when somebody comes up and they say, man, look at, look at this, man. You guys are doing an amazing job. You know we had people walk in and do that? So they literally, I had a man stand right here. No, no offense. If you're watching, may God bring reconciliation or something, but no offense. But he stood right here and pointed at that and goes, that's an amazing logo. That's, just, that's the beginning of our conversation, brother. Come on, man. Come on, Christians, children of God. If you're walking into another place that's full of the Spirit of God, why are you coming and talking to me? You know we don't care about that stuff. Come and ask me what God is saying. Come and tell me what God is saying to you. Amen? Let us have fellowship in the Lord. Don't come in like a pagan. Don't come in like a, like a sinner that doesn't know these things. If you claim the name of Christ, come in and say, you know what, that's not even important. What's Christ saying to you? You see the work in that? Do you see the work in that? Do you see the work in it? Do you see the work in it? Amen. Do you hear the work of the Holy Spirit in this place? Do you see it? I said to myself, God, miracles? 
I mean, everywhere else they preach on this stuff, they end up doing an altar call to try to get you filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that's wrong. Everyone should want the Holy Spirit. But God wants, why does God want you to have the Holy Spirit? So you can accept the call of God on your life. So you can talk about this Jesus the Holy Spirit talks about so much. Sister Liliana text, we were texting back and forth. Uh, we have a three-way text with her and, and me and my wife and we're fellowshipping and, and, and I, I just want to read a piece of it. You know what? I'm going to read a piece of it. Let me see it. And, and it's funny because for the last like two months, she thinks I'm preaching about her situation all like every sermon. <laughs> and even now, this would have been something at one point that would have bothered her, but she knows the love that's here now. And so, and so, <laughs> so she said this in, in her text. She said, And I'm almost done, church. I'm trying to find which part it is. Some, oh, right here. No, no, not that part. <laughs> right here. Hold on. <laughs> right here. Hold on. Wait. Okay. I can't find it, but it's here. And she basically said how, how different the vessels are. She said, you know, it's, it's like people are so different. It's like so different when people are filled with the Spirit and how differently they move and preach. That's what she was basically sharing. I mean, that's, I couldn't find the exact wording. Huh? Oh, yeah. There it is. For some reason, it's in hers and not mine. I don't know, but we have the same text chain. <laughs> what a difference operating in the Spirit. One feels so much like works over the other, uh, operating in the Spirit versus in faith. One feels like works over there. That's not it, by the way. What does it matter? Right here. I'm just thinking to myself how God's teachers and preachers can be so different. I'm just thinking to myself how God's preachers and teachers can be so different, and yet he still loved us all. And the previous was, one feels so much like this is works over, over the other. Praise God, he is faithful and gracious. Look, like, what? <laughs> Question mark. Because when you're filled with the Spirit, you're no longer doing things politically correct you, you know what i mean like look at the room around you we got every ethnicity color we got different age groups right just look at the room around you it's not a all spanish church or an all white church or an all black church it's an all spirit church yes, right so what happens in that is that people who are filled with the spirit they now have torn off the garments of the flesh. They no longer do things that are just going to appeal to the flesh. This is why somebody can walk in here and they can be completely like apostolic where they're like, we only wear dresses and we don't wear anything else. And they're going to come in with those standards. Or how about this? I'm, I'm preaching in a chain, in a regular t-shirt. Someone could come in and say, where's the suit, brother? Have some respect. You can present yourself before the judge in the court of law. You've got to be able to give your excellence to God. Well, this ain't a judge house. This ain't a courthouse. <laughs> a judge house. I'm going to never hear the end of that now. I know it. But the truth is, <laughs> but the truth is, God is not looking on the outward appearance. Man looks on the outward. There's people who've called me all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm like, I guess because of my tattoos and stuff, I look like a gangbanger. I'm serious. I've had, hey, I've had people come up and actually ask me, hey, what are you doing for street ministry, bro? What's up? I'm like, 
Come fellowship with us. You'll find out. It's, it's not like that. I've had people ask me some crazy stuff. Because man looks on the outside. And then when I start talking like that, and I'm just, I just feel like i got to be real free right now. When I start talking like that, people start thinking, oh, man, this guy's arrogant. He thinks he's better. He thinks he knows. It. They, still, they go to that side. Then they start asking what seminary I went to, who ordained me. I mean, man looks on the outside. It's, they can't get away from it. But I'm not here to bag on what man does, what we do, because we do it without God. We do it. And we still do it even though we have Christ. Some of us still do it. Help us, Lord. Like, help us. But God, here's the spiritual warfare. Man looks on the outside, but God looks on the heart. He looks at the heart. And that's why we can have black, Mexican, white, Filipino, Asian, Caucasian, Asian, we can have every ethnicity. I know if I've left it out, don't take me, don't get personal with me. Like, brother, I am, I am African-American. Brother, I am white. God does not care about those pronouns. Are you of the spirit? And I'm not talking in a weird way. Because the spirit is, is the only real life there is. And so I just look, I mean, I'm 41 years old. <laughs> I look crazy. But, the, but, you know, God left it that way so people would stumble over that. Because then those that are filled with the Spirit can discern past that. And whoa, what a beautiful work of God. All right, I feel the Lord. I have to be honest with you. Many of you, I'm looking at you now because I do life with a, lot, with a lot of you. Many of you thought different when you first met me. And you also do that with one another, which is why some of us still struggle with fellowship. We think that it's, it's oh, I just don't want to be vulnerable. No, you're still casting judgment on the people. You're still casting judgment on the situation because if you knew that God was really there, you'd come running to it. Yeah. If you really knew. But people have been so abused, so broken, so misunderstood, so, so tainted, and you have done all that too. You're, we're just as guilty as what the other person is receiving. Do you understand? We're both the victim and the abuser. Like, we, we do both. And, and it's so real that when you get into a place that's real, that it, like, it's real, guys. You got to touch it, poke it, test it. You got to ride it. You got to do everything you have to do. And I'm saying, get over it. Do it. Go through it. If you got to do a year of it, do it. Because one thing I am sure of, four years now, I, I, can, I got four years with you, I am sure of, God will be found. God will not hide himself from those who are truly seeking him. Amen. So take as long as you need. Test and see if God won't prove himself. I'm not saying test the Lord. You don't, I'm saying, but test and see that this is the true work of God. You must test the spirit by the spirit. Amen? Amen. So if you have the Holy Spirit, test it. God, what you'll find is the spirit you have in you is here. Uh. Can I share? I'm just being so vulnerable right now, even with other people's business. But <laughs> if we wasn't such a tight-knit community, then like, it may be awkward. But Sienna was sitting across from the table. We had baptisms yesterday at the house, and Sienna's there, and, and, and Marilyn's there, and we're, we're talking. And, and Sienna, Sienna we, she's been here for a couple years now, right? Just kind of two years in and out. And, um, and, and we all know Sienna. We love Sienna. And she's sitting there, and, 
And, and never once have we forced anything in this church on you. Never once have we tried, right? We, we just keep walking and loving and, and we stand for truth and you know it. And, and the balance is there. And she's sitting across from me on my table and I'm like, I'm looking at Sienna. And I'm like, there's something different. There, there was something different. There was, there was a, you know, you could see it in the eyes. You could see it when somebody's like, they're terrified because they're out on the water. I'm like, I'm out of here though, <laughs> Right? Like, oh, it's going to happen. But you just out there, just, and, and there was this conversation about fellowship, and she said, I'm willing. Like, show me how. I was like, whoa. Exactly. And it just served as such a reminder of how many of us, we really don't know what we're doing. And we step out and we go, you know, I've been hurt too much. Oh, man, Lord, help me with this word. But, brother, I've been hurt too much. My dad was a pastor. My grandpa was a pastor. I was raised in church. I, I, somebody did something. I was hurt too much. I really put my whole heart in that thing, and, and it broke my heart, and I just can't. I can't. I can't try again. There's no way. I'm sorry. I get what you're saying. I need it, but I can't. I'm terrified. Well, be terrified out on the water. Be terrified in the place God's at. Don't be terrified in the idea of safety in the boat because that boat is built to rot. But be terrified out on the water holding the hand of Jesus. Be terrified there. And, and then I hear the Lord saying, oh, but, but I am. It's just me and Jesus. I'm sorry. If that were the case, we all need to disperse and just go home and never leave our bedrooms. But God has seen it fit to test the faith in a real way by putting a community together that's going to test that faith. You will have to sit across from one other broken person who knows what it means to be human, who knows what it means to be broken and hurt and walked on and all those things too, but yet they are filled with the Spirit of God and can handle the test with you. You must do it with people because that is how God gets glory. He said, by the way you love one another, they will know that you belong to me. Amen. So last week, and I'll close with this, last week somebody came and Pastor Kevin was here and he shared a word on the armor of God and, and then this couple that came to see them ended up talking to Pastor Aaron, one of them, and they were like, yeah, it's a great word, a great service. And then this person told Aaron, yeah, but that exposure part though, <laughs> that exposure part, that vulnerable part, right? Like, brothers and sisters, God's, truth, his grace, his truth, right? Grace is his truth. God's grace was made to be shown powerful in weakness. In weakness is where it lies. It, God made it that way. That place where you're so afraid and vulnerable to give to anybody, you're not giving it to people anyway. You're giving it to God. And you have a bunch of other people doing the same thing. So that place of weakness was made perfect. His power is made perfect in that weakness. So the devil would say to you, never trust anyone. And just don't trust anyone. Only trust God. God would say, only trust God. <laughs> and that's it. And so you can endure anyone. 
See that, the difference? The don't trust anyone, it puts a focus on, on people that shouldn't be there. No, it's I trust God. And so you know what? I open my home. I come into your home. I trust God, so I'm not going to let fear guide me anymore. I trust God, so if I get heartbroken a thousand times to find it, I will be heartbroken a thousand times as long as I find it. And I trust that God will help me to find it. And for those of us, just those of you that are struggling, just listen, okay? Those of us here that have found it, say amen. amen. Oh, say hallelujah. See, we've found it. I, I, this is not hypnosis. <laughs> and sleep, right? <laughs> this is not hypnosis. It's the truth. So if you don't know him, if you don't know the Lord, it's easy. Right where you are, your heart's already reaching for him. Like, it's nothing I'm going to say next that's going to add that. That's happening already inside of us. And those of us who haven't, we're reaching even more desperately. We're like, oh, I know he's so good. I want as much as I can get. I'm reaching for Christ. Amen? So just come to Christ. Repent of your sins. Give up your old life. Don't worry about what's lying ahead. Just live for God. Turn to God. And be thankful that you have a community to do it with. So, Father, I thank you for your word. The miracle belongs to you. You're doing a miracle in this place even right now. And the reason why you do miracles is so that we can actually see you. You do it because you want to be seen. And we're asking right now that you would do no miracles if it's going to promote man. We're asking for every miracle in this house. Be directly attached to Christ. Jesus, we love you. We're not talking about you as if you're far away. We're not mentioning your name as if you're next door. We know you're here, living in us, leading us and guiding us. And we ask for you to continue to do what only you can do in our hearts. May every single person in this place be kept from the evil one. Keep us from human reasoning. Keep us from self-deception. Keep us from being blinded. Give us a sober mind. Father, I thank you that you're doing it. It's not just a request, but it's an answered prayer. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Love each other and mean it.